Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Cheap Heat. Stack Guy Greg is here. I'm here. But hold on. Before SGG and I talk, I want to bring on a special guest. Um, you may know him um, as the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, ladies and gentlemen. Is that all right, SGG, if I talk to Seth real quick? Yeah, yeah, no. Do what you got to do. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow, baby. Seth, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. How are you? You know. Like we were just saying off the air. I don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm here. We're better, you know, doing better, I guess, than some, worse than others, but I'm okay. Is, is all in your immediate world, everyone's okay health wise and things of that nature? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Everybody's doing well. Um, you know, I'm as well as I can be, uh, too. I mean, I'm doing, doing my best, um, to, to keep my distance and try to stay as healthy as I can and keep everyone around me, uh, far away from me. So yeah, we're, we're doing, doing everything we can here. So are you currently in Florida and not going back to Iowa anymore? No, actually we're, I'm in Iowa right now. Uh, I just got back there today. We'll be here for a little while. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. So, you know, Los Angeles, um, where Rebecca has her home is pretty much in lockdown, you know, a shelter in place order there. So, uh, Iowa's not, uh, is quite of a danger zone. Um, and so we're, we're staying here for the foreseeable future until, uh, this thing, you know, turns a corner. Yeah. I was one of those states that when you look on the map of how things are is, is certainly on the better end. And actually, side note, a little bit of fun around Iowa. Obviously, you and Becky have known each other for a long time, but then your relationship changed. What was it like? Like, I'm assuming she had been to your hometown before, you know, through house shows and stuff like that. But was it entertaining? You know, Becky not being an American, was there anything funny or fun about sort of introducing her to your Iowa life? Well, not only is she not um American, but she is very much a city girl. You know, she's not lived in small towns uh, in her whole life. And so just, just having her here for more than 24 hours, she gets <laughs> really stir crazy. Uh, you know, just, you know, it's simple here, man. It's easy. I got my routine. Uh, luckily, I, my coffee shop, I'm able to, to sort her with caffeine and, uh, and she's pretty good. Once I get some caffeine and a workout, you know, she's ready to go. So, um, she's easy to please, but it is funny to watch her in this environment. Uh, especially at, at first when we would have to be here for a few days. She's, it's not, it's not her thing. You can tell. Um, so 
this is uh, obviously this is going to be a different you and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. This is going to be a different uh, type feeling than you expected. But how have you been? Let's forget about everything that's going on in the world for a second. From a sheer entertainment and work standpoint, a lot of people, myself included, feel that the the change to your character, becoming the Monday Night Messiah, was a boost you absolutely needed. It was well-timed. Um, did you feel that way? Was developing this sort of version of the Seth Rollins character really fun for you creatively? Well, look, I, I don't want to get into too many specifics of it, but um, short answer is no. It wasn't something that I was excited about out of the gate. Huh. Uh, I felt like I got a raw and uh, Yeah, I tell you, I know, surprised. I feel like I got a raw in the deal, a raw shake when it came to what I was doing at the time, position that I was put in um, with the fiend, with the character there, um, the, the Hell in a Cell and the Super Showdown matches. And um, after I had just come off what I thought was an incredible match and a uh, long story with Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. uh, from SummerSlam. And um, I, I thought maybe, you know, maybe... Maybe the, the the wrong audience was chiming in a little too loudly, and uh, so we ended up going in a different direction. Um, and the Monday Night Messiah character was born. I will say this though, uh, regarding all of that, I work much better with a chip on my shoulder. I always have uh, my entire career, and sometimes um, the the role that I was in um, can can breed and maybe foster a little complacency when it comes to work. Uh, work-related type things. And so um, this sort of shift, this little paradigm shift that we're working with here in the Monday Night Messiah and turning a corner and um, directing a bit of my ire, um, you know, back at, at the audience that uh, that was sort of uh, directing it at me for, for not too many uh, reasons I can fully understand, uh, definitely gave me a chip on my shoulder and, and re-motivated me. So um, it's kind of one of those things where... Um, Maybe I wasn't excited at first, but what it what it turned into uh, over the course of the last few months is certainly something that um, I've been pretty proud of, and and much more excited to go to to work on Mondays to do. So, okay, that's very interesting. So the way you got there wasn't necessarily your favorite, and yeah, you you lost the title to the Fiend in sort of a weird fashion at Super Showdown. It, it was a strange way to have your uh, the title change take place, but now. With where where you are with it right now, you're enjoying it creatively. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm allowed to do now from a creative standpoint that I wasn't allowed to do before. And just the freedom that that brings, the liberty to um, ha- have that chip on my shoulder and, and put that into, you know, what I'm saying on television, um, what I'm doing on live events. And this, I really think has got, given me the opportunity to elevate a lot of our young stars around me, um, it, which is much easier to do in, in this position than it was in the other position um, as, a, as a heavyweight champion. And so uh, I, I do think that that is a, an extremely cool byproduct of um, the, the shift in character. What's it like? Um, how different is it working without a crowd? Um, when you think about WrestleMania and, and this story with KO and the time that's been put into it and, um, how do you approach it as, as an artist? How do you approach it when there's no live audience there to cheer in the moment? 
Well, fortunate for me, uh, you know, I never thought those uh, empty shows that I was wrestling in, in uh, National Guard armories across Indiana and Illinois in my teen years would come in handy. But uh, I do have some experience wrestling in front of little <laughs> to no people. Um, so there's that. But also, you know, I watched the empty arena shows, uh, the SmackDown, the NXT, the Raws, pretty religiously as they were happening before I, I went out there and, and did my first thing because I was very curious to see what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. Um, and, I, you know, I felt more almost like it was it was a surreal experience making a movie as, as opposed to what we know professional wrestling as. And so um, going out there, you know, to uh, even to just cut a promo was a little odd. The, only, the big difference for me was that I noticed everything that was happening around me. So like every little noise, every shuffling of a cameraman's foot, you know, every every little time cue that you would get, everything was like, um, you know, extra pronounced because there's no audience to drown everything out. And so it was very strange, but I learned, I learned a few things and it's certainly a different experience, but, um, I, I, I kind of enjoy the challenge a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say that must be really different. Cause like you guys, when you guys work your TV shows and pay-per-views, that's one thing because you have TV to think about primarily, but you're working the live crowd. But then most of your work is done non-televised. And for anyone who goes to house shows, you know, one of the things that makes a house show fun is it's a really different experience, you know, especially working the way your character is right now where you're not a fan favorite. You know, when you're working house shows right now, Seth, I'm guessing you're talking trash constantly. You are always going at it with the people around the ring. So then to show up and be putting on a performance where you're working for the audience at home, it must be vastly different, particularly than those house shows. Yeah, it, it certainly is. You know, you, the, the audience, the live audience is is a part of the show, you know, in, in so many ways. But a lot of it uh, has to do with, with timing and pacing and reactions. And, and you know, there's a lot that there's just a, a very symbiotic relationship between the performers and the live audience. And, and that is a big part of what goes into making wrestling matches. I've always known it's special. And so to have to readjust and, and kind of calculate uh, all the little things you do, um, you know, in a wrestling match that you're accustomed to doing one way that you've done one way your whole career. Uh, it's certainly an interesting thing um, to, to have to take into account moving forward uh, for the foreseeable future. But like I said, it's, it's a cool experience and, you know, you gotta just got to roll with the punches. I'm just glad that we're able to be out there. Uh, and still having shows and still entertaining people, you know? Well, yeah, and it certainly is, it feels very important, you know, as, as someone who also is still working full time right now on my local radio shows, um, people don't have with, with, with sports completely gone, people have so much less to look forward to. So whatever live entertainment they're still able to get to make you feel normal, I know for me, you know, on Monday and Friday to know that I still have this thing, um, that has been a part of my life every week certainly gives you a, a sense of normalcy. Have you been able to enjoy some of the work of Edge and Randy Orton? And, and what have you thought of what they've been doing over the last, uh, six to eight weeks? 
Yeah, I mean, they're two of the very best, whether you have a crowd there or not. And they're, they're guys that I've, you know, I, I said that I've watched the shows that I haven't been on and the segments that I'm not in. And uh, they are two, actually, the specific ones um, who, to me, you know, have taken this kind of curveball and have been able to time it and make contact, you know, and sometimes hitting it out of the park um, with the way they've done their promos. And so, um, you know, it hasn't made, it, it, it has thrown them uh, off course a little bit. Obviously, this whole thing has, but they've been able to readjust to where it doesn't feel less important, you know, and that's really cool. In some ways, it almost feels more important. Um, and, and so I've kind of, we've, you know, I've taken a, a bit of a cue from that. And if, if you watch, um, you know, watched Monday, um, and you saw my promo and talking about my history with NXT and the performance center, you know, the venue change for me almost makes my match with Kevin Owens, um, bigger in a weird way. Um, and so, um, it's, it's, it's something that you've got to make adjustments, but that's just, that's what we do is as performers, especially WWE superstars, we, we're with the game of adjustments. It always is, you know, we're constantly having to make the best out of tough situations. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's cool to, to watch the masters at work. Randy and Edge really been on fire, you know, leading into Edge's return. It's a good point too, because maybe more than any other field, um, in entertainment, no one has to improvise the way pro wrestlers do it's just not you guys have to do things that are crazy in the ring you find out someone's hurt you find out you have less time you find out it's not you get that information and then you guys just have to go and us as fans uh really usually never know uh the better of it um hey seth i'm excited for your match against ko wrestlemania is next saturday and sunday on the wwe network be safe send my love to becky and uh take care of yourself all right Right, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Big thank you to Seth Rollins, uh, of course, from WWE for coming by. And I want to take this time before we get to Stat Guy Greg and get into the whole week that was in professional wrestling to give a shout out to Bambi. All right. You got into small businesses, not because you wanted to spend all your time doing HR, but because you wanted to do business. So let Bambi do all the HR work for you. They do it all. $99 a month, okay? You can stop whenever you want. You pay by month. And what Bambi does is they give you an HR professional to handle everything. Onboarding, uh, terminations, no matter what it is, payroll, uh, Bambi handles it all. And right now, they have a special deal for you if you use our code, Bambi.com slash cheap. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash cheap. Check them out. If you're a small business owner and you're just frustrated with everything that goes into it when it comes to HR, Bambi is the way to do it, all right? No one got into their business because they were passionate about HR. So find someone who is passionate about it. Find find someone who knows what they're doing, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can focus on the business at hand. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash cheap. All right, SGG, thank you uh, one more time to Seth Rollins. Um, Man. It's a strange time in the world, strange time in the WWE and, uh, and cheap heat universes. SGG, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm surviving this, uh, this self quarantine that everybody's doing so far. Yeah. You're, so far, so good. Are you, and it sounds like unlike a lot of people, you're actually doing it, which I appreciate. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, running out to get groceries and stuff here and there as needed. 
um, let's face it, I, I've been known to run through run through rations and snacks. So you know, this may this gets- may be a good time to uh, drop a few lbs. I mean, you, that way you don't have to leave the house. Like, how many times a week, SUG, are you required to go out and buy more delicious chicken? Actually, I haven't had to. I just ran out of delicious chicken, though. So a delicious chicken run You're is gonna- definitely going to be going to be warranted. But um, I think the last time we popped out to get anything might have been Sunday. All right, all right, not so. You know, I mean, that's not that good, SUG. I'll be honest. That's like regular grocery week. You might want to double down. <laughs> like I went out. Last, I went out one week ago today, and the truth is I won't need to go out again at least for another week. I could probably go longer than that because I, I, I think you have to make the call on like, well, what are you missing? Like I ran out right. of, that's I ran, where we're at right now. I ran out of diet ginger ale. Okay. Well, I don't really need diet ginger ale. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, no, I've been straight water, but I see the problem is Crystal's a vegetarian, so she's probably good for like another. She can go to like mid April, sure, easily. Well, see, I, I would think it would be harder for her though because you, of needing fresh fruits and vegetables. Well, frozen veggies and frozen fruits are just as good. Like the That's nutrients true. are still in there. That's true. You still got it. You, you can, lose, you can you lose go. a little. You lose a little when you cook it, but you're fine. I mean, given the circumstances, yeah. you're going to be just fine. Yes, yeah, she's good to go. So, but, and, um, so I um. Anyways, I hope everyone's doing good. I don't want to spend a lot of t- – if you're okay with it, you listen to the morning show. You know how much I have to talk about this. Um, so I guess I'd rather just talk about happy things. Um, well, outside of the ring, though, we do have to start off with an unhappy thing. Roman Reigns, uh, reports are being, being released that he's going to be replaced or he's not going to be – participating in this year's WrestleMania, which, you know, according to the reports, it's due to health reasons. Um, as we all know, he's battled cancer, went back into remission, and now is not taking any chances as far as traveling back and forth to the Performance Center. So this year's show of shows will go on without Roman Reigns. This is, uh, in the words of uh, Yankee former Yankee manager Joe Girardi, or now your Philadelphia uh, Philly manager. Um, <laughs> not mine. I know. It's uh, it's not what you want. Um, this is not what you want. Um, this is not the ideal optic, of course, you know, having to bench um, a top two or three guy, maybe top one, depending how you look yeah, at it. Say, if, if he's top two, he's not two. Yeah, I mean, he's... I guess that's an interesting conversation about whether we think he's sitting in the number one spot right now still. I guess you would argue he is, right? I mean, the fiend is right there though in that conversation at the very, at this very moment. Um, but I would have to think it's those two, right? Yeah, uh, easily. I mean, they show up and everybody's instantly into it. And, you know, with Roman, I don't think it matters if he gets cheered or booed as long as he, he interacts because he's used to, he's used to hearing, here in a mixed crowd anyway, so you don't just get away with saying, you know, the crowd's booing him, he's not over, he's not a top guy. Like, as long as everybody's moved by what he's doing, he's sitting in that spot. So the idea that that Roman will have to be on the shelf, um, yeah, it's just not ideal. I mean, I understand the decision. I guess we'll 
Have we learned any more, or is it still mostly just speculation at this point? I think it's mostly speculation um, because, uh, you know, I was of the understanding that WrestleMania had been taped already. So I don't know that, you know, him pulling out yesterday was a thing. I don't know if this is a conversation that happened before. Um, and maybe somebody realized it when spoilers started to come out about WrestleMania. But, um, but yeah, right now it's, it's mostly speculation, but I guess we'll see on, you know, either Saturday, April 4th or Sunday, April 5th, what actually happened. Wow. I just locked in something big time right now, guys. Something big just happened. So how you're gonna like this? I'm listening. I'm, I'm like the rest of the TP universe, listening with bated breath. I just I'm, I just locked in tomorrow on an Instagram live. Tomorrow, five thirty Eastern. Now this week, last week I did a Friday show. This week I'm doing a Saturday show. I just locked in five thirty Eastern. The Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold what? Steve Austin. That's how you do it on a Saturday. That's how you make people feel good. A nice sit down with the Texas Rattlesnake. All that talk about, all that talk about, um, Mount Rushmore's, why don't we have it with a guy who's likely on that Mount Rushmore? So, follow me, Rosenberg Radio, if you don't already. Um, but Steve, he said he's down. I'm gonna, I, I had to explain to him how it works, but he's, uh, he's, he's game for it. Um, you got, are you gonna sugar beer with the with Stone Cold? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely pulling out a beer. It's ha- it's got to happen. It's got to happen. I, and I don't think I have any Steve Weisers though. I got to see what I have in there. I think I only have like one beer left. But damn it, I'm gonna drink something. You can't, yeah, you can't. Don't let that go before Saturday. No, no, no. I can say Saturday, five thirty. Yeah, tomorrow, five thirty. I will save that, and I will have a drink with that son of a bitch. Uh, anyways, um, so shout out to Steve Austin. And yes, um, based on a conversation I had on Cheap Heat the other day, we had a war in the Jew World Order this week about the Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore. I mean, it got heated. It got ugly. It got scary. It got intense. <laughs> it, it got Shoemaker to pop up. It even got Shoemaker to eventually pop up. He, he probably saw that he had 125 missed texts. <laughs> right. And then he eventually weighed in. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of argument about John Cena. Now, where did you end up landing? Is he on your Mount Rushmore or no? No, you hit, you hit my exact Mount Rushmore that I've been like, that's been when pressed and like have to give the four that I would consider my Mount Rushmore, that's the four that I've stuck Brett, with Brett, uh, for years. Brett Savage, Flair, Austin? Yep. Yep. And now That's the four. Now, do you admit that Hogan not being there is personal bias? No, because this is how I look at it, right? Hands down, Brett is the, the best wrestler. He's ever. on there for being the best wrestler. Best wrestler ever, okay, right? Okay, okay. When you go to the mic, The Rock is up there, but I, I respect the classics, so I got to give it to Ric Flair on the mic. Yep. Best on the mic ever, all time. Yep. When you think of like iconic characters, right? You think of people who, who like, 
character just transcended pro wrestling. Randy Savage. Okay. Off top. But you could, but someone, and, but someone could argue for Hogan there. Right? I gotta go Randy Savage. Cause I mean, like you said in the group chat the other days, the snap into a slim gym, the oh yeah, the, the raspy, everybody has a Randy Savage impersonation. Everybody know when you say Macho Man, nobody thinks of the village people first. Everybody knows okay. who you're talking about. And then when you take those three elements of wrestling and you combine them, and then you plug it into like your your computer or your weird science machine and say spit out someone with these elements, you get Stone Cold. So he has to be up there too. And that's the four for me. Period. Based on that, it's a good. It's actually a well. It's a well crafted argument. I uh, I enjoy, I agree with it. I I did not. I was shocked to hear Dipperstein say Cena is on his. Um, I just I love John. Uh, he's a good dude and he's talented, but I just don't. I guess you know the the, the argument that was being made by Dipperstein and and Zach was he he's been the face of the business for the last fifteen years. Uh, my my response to that was so <laughs> right. I just because, the, the appropriate response to that, by the way, you, just because you've been the face of the business for the last fifteen years, that doesn't mean that you you're you're on the Mount Rushmore. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I it's just like, what does Cena do well enough? What's the one thing Cena does well enough that puts him in that spot? I just don't think he has it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think he wrestles well enough. He's very good on the mic. He's very good, but he's not any of. He's not Flair. He's not Austin. He's not Rock. Um, he's better than Hogan on the mic. Um, yeah, and I mean, listen, longevity. He has it. He has it completely on longevity. But you made a good point too about about that, right? He's been the face of the company for however many years. If we if the Mount Rushmore is just Vince's list, then yeah, it's a different Mount Rushmore. Yeah, if you just want it to be the, whoever the face of the WWE was, that's it. That's Mount Rushmore. You're talking about one man's vision. It, it should, right. It shouldn't be that. And you know, yeah, Cena has been on top, but like also, that just it happened to go that way. You know, and and also I was making the argument. I mean, hell, Brock Lesnar's been on top almost as long as Cena. Right, and let's be honest. If Brock doesn't leave, uh, when he does, does Cena even get into that spot, or is Cena still still down one? The hard thing for Brock is always going to be that he doesn't talk. Um, you, you're not able when you think about him, you're not going to associate him with words at all. I think that's a challenge. Um, yeah, but he dominated, man, and there's, there's no denying that he he is. A, a dominant and B, he, he has impact on the sport in a way that a lot of people can't claim to no matter how good they were in the pro wrestling ring because he went to UFC and like he legitimized the fake fighting. You know what I mean? Even when he's in there, quote unquote, fake fighting, you don't, you don't doubt that somebody's getting hurt, that somebody's getting beat up, that it's intense. Um, like he does that, even if it doesn't, translate to the entire rest of the sport where you you don't question everybody's matches you you damn sure don't question the Brock Lesnar match 
No, that is for sure. And you said that well recently on the show that he he really changed the way you know like wrestling matches even feel. You know, I, I mm-hmm. thought you really said that well. So it's a fun conversation, and I think next week I'm going to set up a Zoom where we have an entire Jew World Order episode of Cheap Heat. We'll all jump on a Zoom together. We'll all talk it out. So that's going to be a war, by the way. It's going to be a civil war. Yeah, it's going to be serious. So we'll talk through that next week. Um, so SGG, Speaking of Mount Rushmore, yeah. though, before we – I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. You never you never came in with yours. One male wrestler, one female wrestler, one manager, one tag team. And that has to be the Mount Rushmore. Who you got? Male wrestler, Randy Savage. Okay. Female wrestler. Oh, man. It depends with that. So I guess that man, that's tough. Female wrestler is tough for me because even though I I didn't watch her entire career as a wrestler, you know I want to make it sensational, Sherry. Because I because mm. I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a woman more talented than Sherry in the business ever. I mean, she's up there with the most talented people I believe who's ever stepped foot in a ring. She was. Her ability to wrestle, her ability to manage, her ability to bump, the different kinds of people she elevated. Think about the way she elevated. Think about to step in after Elizabeth and still be like a really relevant factor for Savage and keep him super hot. But then to do that also for HBK. But then to do that for Harlem Heat. Yeah, Harlem Heat is the one that like solidifies her. Like she did, she did so many different things, you know, and I know that it was a completely different business, but are you telling me right now that if Sensational Sherry existed in, in the woman's evolution, I always get confused now if it's evolution or revolution. Evolution, I guess, right? Is it always the women's evolution? Or is I it think the, so. Or was it the women's revolution and then it, the pay-per-view was called evolution? Well, the pay-per-view was definitely called Evolution, but I thought that was like the next step in the women's revolution. It's confusing. Right? Either way, if Sherry was around today, are we is would anyone argue that she wouldn't be completely in the conversation of like she wouldn't be having she wouldn't be in the title picture constantly? Like she would be the heel nemesis for everybody. Like, it would be, she would be it, you know. Um, but at the same time, uh, Charlotte Flair has taken things to a different level. I guess Charlotte's just so different, man. Charlotte isn't, she's not an old school wrestler, you know. She is, um, everything's very meticulously done, planned out and crafted and artistic, you know. She sort of Sherry was just sort of it seemed like a wild woman. She's got yeah. out there and made magic happen. They're two very different things. I, I I'm trying to think of who else would be in that conversation of, of best ever. Um, obviously, Moolah 
and Mae Young, when you go all the way back, and I guess you could also throw in the, the Sashas, um, though that seems a little lofty. I'm going to go, if I go, for me personally, I would go Savage, Sherry, Heenan, Heart Foundation. Okay. Um, and, and Heart Foundation and Bulldogs could basically swap out. Cause as a tag team, you might argue the Bulldogs were a better tag team. Because Dynamite is, was better than Anvil. Although Anvil is underrated. Anvil is wildly underrated. I mean, he did a damn and- good job. He was the, he was the heater and he did it. He did his thing. And on the mic, let's let's just be honest, man. Anvil did as much as I love Brett. He did the heavy lifting on the mic. He did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Brett was very weak on the mic in the early days, especially. Oh my gosh, if you watch one of their like promos before a pay per view and in in you know pre ninety five ninety six, yeah, it was it was Brett was not uh, comfortable. I mean, he got better in the singles run. I think as the world champion, it's his his mic skills are I, a little underrated. Mate, I agree, a little underrated. But I don't think SGG that didn't come to like ninety six. Like it was the last. No, I would I would give him earlier than that. I would give him like ninety three. I'd have to go back. I mean, definitely, he's, definitely he's, when he was beefing with Owen, and that's maybe that was like the comfort level. Yeah, and that's ninety four. So yeah, yeah, but that but but when he was at, when when it was late eighties, rough. Yeah, that's why they threw him back together. They said, you know what, we'll come back to this. We'll put a pin in this, yeah. and then we'll. But no, and, and Anvil and Anvil served his purpose in the ring too. You know, he was he was the muscle. Um, but in Davy Boy and Dynamite, you're talking about basically two flawless wrestlers. They're, that's yeah. they're very tough. I mean, Davy Boy is is to me wrestling wise. You know, Davy Boy is always Brett adjacent. You know, he wasn't Brett, but he was damn good. And then Dynamite, you know, you're just getting Tiger Mask and and Benoit and Guerrero and all the great sort of smaller. High flying, impactful guys, kind of in one. He did everything so well. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's a good list. That's a good list. I can't, I can't. And, and, and yours, SGG, was mine was Brett, Charlotte, Heyman, and then for the tag team, I went with the Steiners. You know what? I respect it. I respect the Steiners. You respect it here. You had a lot of heat in the group chat. And that's why I was like, you can't you can't do this <laughs> unless you put forth your list. Well no, I, I came for you because I think Heyman over Heenan's crazy talk. Crazy talk. I, I I know Heyman's great. His wrestling mind is unquestionable. His overall Hall of Fame credentials when you think about ECW, WCW, all the different things he's done, he's a no doubt Hall of Famer, he's incredible. But when you said manager he doesn't have anything on Bobby. But come on. Bo- Bobby is great. Bobby was a great manager. The Heenan family, an amazing faction. But just when you look at the Dangerous Alliance, too, like the people that he plucked before they went to the next level for the Dangerous yeah, Alliance. But did I mean, he, come but on. Did Stone he, Cold was on the Dangerous Alliance. But did he get to get them to the next level? 
because with Bobby Heenan, you could sh- the, Bobby Heenan got the red rooster over my G. Like, yeah, but I mean, come on, he got everybody over though, heel Heenan. or babyface. If Heenan was involved, people cared. Did 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 Paul do that with the Dangerous Alliance? Honestly, yeah, the Dangerous Alliance was huge. Now, granted, there are people like Cesaro that you know people cared for a little bit when they got with Paul, and then you know Curtis Axel. And, you know, there's things like, but, but Paul managed more, more world champions than, than Bobby. Well, the, 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 that's because back then the champions, the championships eluded the bad guys in those days. I mean, he could not get the title on anyone. You know, Bundy and Andre didn't get the title. Andre had it for eight seconds. Um, you know, and then, the Flair thing was interesting. They then they separated them and put Flair with Perfect. Yeah, but he had Perfect too. I mean, to me, I'm sorry. It'll always be Bobby over Paul Heyman. Six. Wait, even this run with Brock is incredible. You have to admit. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. But you also know that I've been, you know, I think yeah. it's, I think it's also worn a little thin. I do. I think the. I think that the character, I think the Heyman character needs um, a little freshening. Is that harsh to say? Like, it's just, it's not his no, fault. No, I wouldn't say that. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's just getting it over and over and over again for the same character. Heenan never had a run this long with anybody. Heenan never had to talk for somebody and make and and continue to keep them hot for this has been like nine years. Yeah. More than that. This this most yeah, recent run. Going back to his debut. Yeah, this most recent run has been a decade. Bobby never had to had to rock with anyone for that long. So I mean I think Heyman's But done. is that a flaw or is that a like No, you're right. I mean on the flip side that's that's not a flaw of, of Heyman. It's just the way you end up remembering it. I think Heenan ends up being a very fond memory because he didn't have to do that. You know, because he wasn't stuck with someone for so long, you end up not having memories of like, uh, it went, it went a little long with so, no, listen, obviously it's still working quite well with Heyman and Brock. I just think, um, you know, Heenan, I end up regarding him incredibly highly because I don't have, I don't remember feeling like, oh, he was with them for ten years. You feel like he was with Andre forever? The Andre run was like three years. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Because it was literally the beginning of WrestleMania three to like what WrestleMania six. But here's the thing: I'll always lean on guys, and I'm sorry. This is the home run for me. Here's what I'll always lean on. When they wanted to turn Andre, one of the most beloved good guys of all time, when they wanted to turn him, all he had to do was stand next to Bobby Heenan. Yeah. I mean, think about that. And and we're not talking about, let's just keep it real, Brock has never been as hated as Andre was going out of WrestleMania three with the garbage raining down on him. Come well, it was on. a different era too. Like I nobody know. in this era is getting stabbed at. No, you're right no, here. you're right, you're right. But we also can't remove what it looked like to go from being the most beloved good guy around the world in wrestling his entire career 
to in one moment, he, what are you doing with him? That's yeah. all it took. That's all it took. Anyways, it's a fun, that's a fun, um, that's a fun Mount Rushmore. We can debate more things next week. Uh, so SGG, the word is, that is, is the word that mania was shot? Like this is done? Is that what everyone's saying? That's what I heard. That's what I thought. I mean, but who knows, man? Like, this is all speculation. And I, like I said, we're going to find out April 4th and April 5th what what exactly happened. But, I mean, if, if in fact, it is shot or, like, mostly has mostly been shot, then, I mean, I think that's a good sign, right? Because then everybody, you know, they'll be watching from home just like we will, these wrestlers, and they'll they'll – I guess it'll be even fun for them as to just see how it's how it all comes together. You know what I mean? Because when they're performing live, I don't even know if they have the time to go back and like look and study their matches because they're on the road, they're all to the next town, they're like doing appearances. So just to be able to have that weekend with their families to like watch it together. Yeah, what a bizarre experience. Very different when you think about that. And next week, obviously, we'll have a full. A full preview show, and we'll we'll break it down. Um, but this is, as you heard Seth Rollins say earlier. I mean, this, these are unusual times. Everything here is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, so yeah, I'm very curious to see how the whole thing is going to play out. Very curious to see what happens with Goldberg. Do they, yeah. Do they just strike the match? Do they put in your guy, Matt Riddle? I hope they put in Matt Riddle. I mean, of course, that means Matt Riddle is is going to take the L because there's no way. Much as I like him, there's no way he takes that championship off of Goldberg and takes it down to full sell <laughs> for the for the OG cheap heat listeners. Um, but there's no way he does that. There's no way. But it would still be fun to see. It's a built-in story that's right there. Um, you know, where's Finn Balor? Is he in the UK? Is he around? Can he pop in for a match? Yeah, Finn feels like he deserves a shot at the Universal Championship. Because he also never lost it. It's the same storyline. It's the exact same storyline. Yep. So, it'll be interesting. Now, has WWE come out and confirmed this yet? No, they have not. But it's being reported everywhere. Yep. Yes, it is. I think the first place that I saw it being reported was on Pro Wrestling Sheet. Yeah. Um, Ryan Satin's vehicle for, for wrestling news. And so I think once that, once it hits there, you people are probably just going to take it as being like 90% accurate. But it's funny because right now, if you go there, it says, if you go to www.com, the top like video story is a hundred superstars that Goldberg beat. So, so they So it sounds like he's gonna have a match against who? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But it definitely looks like they're leaning into Goldberg having a match. So SGG, should we do a watch along on Sunday to some of? So they're airing, they're airing WrestleMania 32 
on March 29th, this Sunday. That was a good one too, man. Dallas. Yep. Um, March 29th, 7 p.m. That's this Sunday at 7. Should we do something? I mean, it sounds like we have to, right? We could just... Now, do we watch along with the first hour or do we watch along with the last hour? It's a good question. We can see what people say. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com or tweet us. Rosenberg Radio, Stack Guy Greg. And then WrestleMania 35 is airing. Yo, ESPN must have been thirsty for that content because WrestleMania 35 is 16 hours long. It's airing at, it, it's airing at three o'clock <laughs> on Sunday, April 5th. What time is Mania starting? Seven? I believe seven, yeah. So it'll run right up to Mania. What gets cut? So I'm so curious to see what they chop out of that. Cause WrestleMania 35 was, it was 35 insanely hours long. long. Yeah. Yeah. I left with like an hour left and I made it home and watched the last half hour. <laughs> it's absurd. I had food waiting. I had was. food waiting for me in the crib. My one mania away from the company. Nah, it was it was absurd how I'm, long that I'm was. still awaiting word on whether or not I'll be doing some sort of kickoff festivities next week. I mean, listen, you have the you have the setup already. You're the hottest thing going in professional wrestling today. That's a, a lot of people say that. You're not the only one who thinks that. I don't know why they would not. At the very least, you know, bring in we'll the Godfather. I mean, they, hey, we'll see. We'll see. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Um, SGG, what else is going on uh, this week that we have not mentioned besides? Because next week we're really going to dig into our, you know, we're really going to dig into WrestleMania, the matches, predictions, what it's going to be like, etc. So what else is happening? You Now you watched Dark Side of the Ring parts one and two. And, oh, yeah. And by the way, SGG and I already had a huge argument about this last week on an episode that I lost. So... <laughs> No, but I really want to hear your honest review because, like I said on the last episode, the 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 big things for me is number one. I don't need them leaning so heavily on the wrestling side that it comes off as them, you know, glorifying or sweeping the murder under the rug or excusing it in any way. Because at the end of the day, um, he did what he did. Number two, I don't trust. Based on their track record, I don't trust the the producers of Dark Side of the Ring or Jericho to not do that. I don't trust the producers to give us uh, a factually accurate portrayal of what happened. And then Jericho, I don't trust to not, you know, handle it with the, I don't want to say the care, but, you know, I don't trust him to, to not lean so heavily and focus so heavily on the wrestling that the other stuff gets lost. But what do you think? As an independent, I, I, I thought it. Trust. I, I thought it was great. I really did. I thought it was really well done. Um, there, there were. I guess I, there are some, maybe a few small um, things, but by and large, I really thought it was well done. I don't think it. I don't think it. I don't think it made any sort of excuses. I don't think it. You know, the things you were worried about, I, I don't think it, it did. I, I thought it was better than most of their episodes that I saw last year. 
thought it was more thorough and covered a bit better than most. Um, okay. I, I really think it's worth watching. You didn't watch it? No, I did not. I really, I'm curious to what the audience thinks, but I really thought it was worth watching. I thought it was really, really sad. And, you know, like one of the things you talked about specifically on our episode that doesn't exist where we argued about this was, you know, you talked about him making, you know, supposedly, quote unquote, like rational decisions at the end, like lying to WWE and considering still having a match. And Vicky Guerrero said that very specifically. Like, she specifically outlined, like, he decided to do these things at the end of his life. Like, they don't just say, oh, he lost his mind. It's right. not, it's No one comes out and says that. Um, but I don't know, man. The way they tie it up at the end, bringing together Nancy's, Nancy's sister and Chris's son. Um his living son of course yeah bringing them together at the end and they hadn't seen each other since it happened it's pretty powerful um you know it you you feel for his son who looks so much like him by the way yeah no it's scary how much his son looks like him you know like you just have to feel like there's no getting away from that and you know, and and he does say, you know, that he loves his father, and his father is still his hero. So, I mean, what else is he supposed to say, though? Like, I mean, the saying he was still his hero was a lot. Um, it is, but at but the I, same time, I guess I, I, I sort of don't blame him because, you know, you you listen for all these years about people who sort of vilify you for just having genes that you didn't choose. That I'm pretty sure that he just leans the other way with it and just like. You know what I mean? I sort of empathize with them. Listen, I know this is going to sound like shilling, but hey, I got it. They were a little hard on the WWE in that part, and he was, and so was Nancy's sister about what WWE should have done and how they didn't do more. But at the same time, they'd say back-to-back, they also say that Jim Ross went as the representative to the funeral, to Nancy's funeral, and everyone there, like, scoffed at him and was angry at him. And I was, right. I was sort of, listen, I, I just, I don't know. I, the, everyone was. It sounds so, like they would have rather that been Vince for them to like scoff at and. Yeah, maybe that's what angry. it was, but like, I'm sorry. It's a horrible, horrible circumstance that I just don't think you can blame on the company. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a horrible thing that happened, but when else has this happened? Who else did this happen with? Right. You know what I'm saying? This was one absolute freakish, horrifying incident that took place. Um, but I, so I thought that part was a little tough. But listen, it, it, that's what I'm saying made it a good movie. It, it went all over the place. It, it was, it wasn't easy on anyone. I, th- I thought it was nicely done. I thought it was worth a watch on a subject that we obviously don't cover that much anymore. It's frankly just super unpleasant. Any conversation about him being Hall of Fame or anything like that is absurd. I don't even. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't, those aren't even conversations worth entertaining. So all I say is, I mean, I think he's been handled the exact right way. Um, you have to, you you keep him on the pay per views. They still exist if you want to watch them. Um, 
but you don't talk about him. That that is the complete appropriate way to handle it. I'm sorry. Um, and beyond that, there's not much to say except I think it's a worth a worthwhile watch. I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it. I think it's worth you watching. All right, all right I'll give it a I'll give it a peek. But they had Chris Benoit Hall of Fame is a is never happening and should never happen. I mean, I, I want to know one serious person who says that. There are real people who say that, like actual humans with thought that think that could happen. Or is it, see, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because the people that I see have say it are like internet trolly people looking for a reaction. Well, I don't know. Oh, I don't know I'm that sorry. anybody actually believes that. But if if they are, if there are people out there who actually believe that. And they happen to be listening to this episode of Cheap Heat. They need to hear from from us definitively that that is not a thing that should or needs to happen. And it never would. Never. Never. Ever. Not one Hall of Fame would put someone in posthumously if their life ended that way. Not one of anything, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not the Pro Football Hall of Fame, none of them, none. It just would never, ever happen. Now, I, I think the Football Hall of Fame, did. They, I think they left OJ in. I don't think they took OJ out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't think so either. But if let me tell you, first of all, these are different situations. But second of all, I'll tell you this right now. OJ was inducted in 1985. If he was supposed to be inducted in 1999, guess what? He's not it a Hall of Famer. <laughs> it wasn't He's only in because he got in 12 years before everything happened. So it would never happen. The idea of somehow casting aspersions at WWE because they wouldn't do that. Are you out of your mind? Oh, we're just going to talk about the wrestling part. No. You know what? We've talked about it too long right now. <laughs> right. Stop. We're moving on. This is an insane thought. Not even worth any thought. Um, what uh, is next week the New Jack episode? Um, I believe so. I saw like a trailer air for it. That trailer looked nuts. I got to tell you, I am so here for a New Jack documentary. I really, I really am here for it. Yup. March 31st, The Life and Crimes of New Jack. Yup. I'm here. Because that is an interesting dude. See, that's the other thing, too. Like, it, it, with their documentaries, it gets dicey because, like, do I trust them to give us the real facts? Well, my guess is he's in it, right? He has to be. He's not someone you can't get an interview with. He does interviews. All right. But so, even still, him telling the real facts. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can interpret it, you can interpret the facts, you know, the way you interpret them. But I'm just interested in seeing him on TV. You know, like he is just a hard, he's a hard guy to look away from. Um. Wow. Do you know what the next one is? No. WWF Brawl for All. <laughs> Can you believe that there's an episode on that? Wait, why would that be a dark side, is that, though? Was it that dark? I don't think so. I think people just... I mean, it wasn't know, for they, Bart Gunn. They jumped on MMA, boom, people got people got beat up, and they never did it again. 
I mean, Draws was in it, but nothing happened to him in that, right? Nah. Bart Gunn was okay. Dr. Death was supposed to win, right? Wasn't he supposed to? Wasn't, they, wasn't that who they thought was going to? Yeah, but Bart Gunn. Or was la- it Bradshaw? Bart Gunn laid everyone the F out. Damn, why they do my man Bradshaw like that, though? <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I, I don't know if we can relive that with JBL. <sighs> oh my god, man, he's out here helping kids every day. I'll tell you what, though, the assassination of Dino Bravo. Yeah, that's the one I'm interested in even more than the Benoit one. When I saw that, I was just like, <sighs> I mean, that one. There's a David Schultz episode. Of course, I don't need the Owen Hart one. They're doing, they're going there with Owen. Yep, the second to last episode. Yeah, I, I look forward to them like muddying up the facts on that one too. Um, yeah, I don't know if I need that. I, I've, you know, some of these ones that are like really been done a lot. I just don't need. Um, anything else, SGG, that we need to hit from this week? Oh, AW this week. Um. I, I, I didn't watch, oh, I watched most of the episode. There was a, we had the Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy moment. They took JR off a of commentary this week, I'm guessing for health precautions. And they had, uh, Cody Rhodes with, um, Shivani, right? Um, with Shivani, which is pretty good. I gotta tell you, Shivani does pretty good in the lead seat. Shivani still got it. What did, what did you think? I noticed that um, WWE moved their hard camera this week to go like up the ramp as opposed to like the side. Wow, I didn't re- I didn't quite realize that. That's what they did. Yeah, but then people were saying that like they they took that from AEW. Well, listen, I, I assume these guys are going to take from each other right now uh, in, in in figuring out what this whole thing looks like. I I don't know if anyone's. T- I mean. You got to experiment and try different things. Um, I'm trying to think, what was the major? What were the major developments from Raw this week? Uh, Seth Rollins promo was whew, heat. Yeah, um, that, and that was Seth's first time uh, coming out in the empty arena. Yeah. Now, SGG, as you're hearing this, you have not heard the um, interview with Seth yet. But I was sort of surprised, you know, when I asked him if he was happy with where everything was, the first, about with his character, the first thing he said was how annoyed he was, uh, basically, of the way it started, and that he felt he got the plug pulled on him, and was not into how things went in Saudi Arabia. I mean, come on. Um, he thought, he thought he was rushed. He thought, he thought it got rushed. And I mean, I, we did think it was a weird title change. Everyone, don't, don't, don't rewrite history. It was bizarre at the time. Yeah, but it almost, it had to be that way though, right? Because like, the Fiend is built up to be this super unstoppable monster. He took like 35 curb stomps, sledgehammers, everything like that. There's no. Well, I know, never, the, I never thought the Fiend needed the title. And I here, didn't think so either, but they backed themselves into a corner of being like, he's unstoppable and he wants the title, so. Either Seth stops him, which nobody believes is a thing that could or should happen, or, you know, Seth drops the title. And so, I think, I think Seth dropping the title would have been, has worked out fine for everyone. Fiend, 
not getting his hands on that title, everybody loses. The crowd definitely turns on Seth, which they were doing anyway, but like it, it gets solidified. It's locked in. And then this Fiend character has no gas. Like he's done. Yeah, no, I hear you, but I, I understand why Seth it didn't. I understand why he wasn't thrilled with the way it played out. Also, um, Randy Orton accepts the uh, challenge from Edge. No big surprise there. We have a Street Profits match at Mania. Yes, Andrade and Angel Garza versus the Street Profits. Actually, um, that's actually a fun match. It is, and you know what, uh, Cedric and Ricochet. They look like they made a good team. Andrade and Angel Garza, too. They look like they made a really good team. So, you know, those guys going at it, I think, is going to be fun. I'll tell you what. It's one week from now. It's uh, the 4th and 5th WWE Network. It is a big sink or swim moment for this time in, in WWE. Also, the story out this week that Vince McMahon's selling lots of stock. You heard about that? Yes, I have. I mean, I guess he's doing what he got to do to get them through this and, you know, maybe beyond. But my guess would be that after this, just take the break, you know, take a break, um, come back later when everybody's able to travel, when you're able to actually put butts in the seats. Um, don't, don't risk doing this too much more than mania because like I, I you know they had to get to mania they have these storylines they have a lot that they were doing they had to get to mania wrap it up and now that they're there just like end it after that don't don't keep pushing it well we'll see sgg uh vince mcmahon has never met a challenge he didn't like so. yeah but he's met several that he didn't you know what i mean he lost the WWF name to some panda bears, so you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. That is true. That is a case in which there was like, hey, there's nothing left to do here. Time to move on. Yeah. It's, we could be at this time right now. I know they don't like the off-season. I know people don't like the idea of an off-season. But. but there's also a way to do this. Like I said, I, I, I think I said it last week. I might have said it on the live. I don't remember when I said it, but I thought it, which is, is just um, – there's a way to do this, you know. There's a way to still have content, um, have some interviews, uh, you know, Skype interviews. Look back at classic matches. There are opportunities. There are ways to get things done here. Um, so, agreed. But new matches, though, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you get away from the new matches, but still have a show every week. Yeah, that that's the nice thing about having a library that's a million hours long. They have the house shows, like air air the. Hell out of the house show. There are things we've never seen. Yeah. There's so much content. Um, like I said, do really cool Skype interviews. There's so much you could do. So, yes, if it gets to that, that's why I say it'll be a big sink or swim moment. Because if Mania actually, if they pull it off, and somehow it turns out to be really entertaining, then maybe it gets people geared up to keep doing this. But if it kind of just feels like, oh, man, they just got it done, but this was not it... And maybe, yeah, maybe it encourages you to take a break and find another way to go. Frankly, I think they could get big numbers showing Royal Rumble matches and classic um, WrestleMania moments. I think they would do just fine. Fine. Oh, yeah, of course. Because you know what? As much as they give away the network, there are people who don't have it who also tune in. And how much bigger, and how much bigger will it be when they come back? 
Yeah, exactly. That's what they got to think down the road. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play around too much with um, doing many matches after Mania and still trying to like bring people into the PC because. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point, SGG. Um, well, listen. Uh, as you just heard, Sunday night, look for us on Instagram Live to maybe do some watch along. We'll record it as well. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that, but I'm, I'm considering. It's a strong consideration. And then tomorrow, 5.30, Stone Cold Steve Austin on my IG Live. Uh, make sure you send, you continue to give us reviews, show us love wherever you get podcasts. And we'll, uh, next week we'll definitely have Dipperstein on the show, if not everybody, but we gotta check in on Dipperstein because yeah, he's, he's a disaster out here. Listen, I saw him, I saw his Mount Rushmore and I said Dip. You're psychotic. Yeah, you're not. You're worried about him, and that's coming from me. <laughs> exactly, and we know how psychotic you are. Yeah. Um. ASG, <laughs> take it easy, okay? All right, man. Take it easy, man. It's professional wrestling. Professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch.